0: Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at SouthsideChristianFellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today.
1: You see, unstoppable faith is a very simple faith. Unstoppable faith is persistent faith. Unstoppable faith is that I refuse to give up, I refuse to quit, I refuse to surrender to the enemy. That means everywhere we go, as long as we are kingdom-minded and understand that, then we carry the authority of God around inside of us. But he says the only way you're going to ever understand that is to have that childlike faith that said, God really does live within me. God really does empower me. God really does want to do signs and wonders through me. God really is using me to help in his kingdom.
0: Doubt, worry, anxiousness. These are all feelings we experience in life. What's the answer when we're going through these battles? Oftentimes, the simplest solutions are the best solutions. And when it comes to worry and doubt, all we need is faith. With faith, there is no doubt. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason reminds us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when we turn to Jesus, He provides us with unstoppable faith.
1: This morning before we get started, I want to talk to you about unstoppable faith, but I also want to share with you one of my things that I do on a daily basis now. I've been doing it for seven, eight weeks now, and uh, it's just been a blessing to me, and if it's a blessing to you, it'll be, uh, I I hope. I I read this every morning, and uh, I read this out loud to myself, you know, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. I believe that God is who He says He is and does what He promises to do. I believe that Jesus is my Savior, my Lord, my Bridegroom, and my Eternal King. I believe the Holy Spirit is dwelling within me to conform me to the image of Christ, to empower me to be a witness for Christ, and to reveal the glory of God through me. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I can do all things through Christ and with him. Nothing is impossible. After I read it through, I go back and I do this one more time. And let me tell you how I do it this time. I, God, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe that you are the almighty. All power and all authority rest in the Son. I believe that you created the heavens and the earth and everything that is created was created by you and for you and for your good pleasure and I believe you take great enjoyment in me, and I believe you take great enjoyment in all of creation. Jesus, I believe that you are the only begotten Son, the only one worthy to be crucified, the only one worthy to take my sins and to wash them and to make me whole. Jesus, I believe that you came to this earth as a man, that you were conceived by the Holy Spirit, that you were born to a virgin, that you suffered under Pontius Pilate, you were crucified. And in that crucifixion, I was you were wounded for my transgressions, you were bruised my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon you, and by your stripes I am healed." I believe those things that you have done for me. I believe that you descended into hell, and when you went into hell, you preached the gospels, you set the captives free, you took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I believe that from there, you ascended into heaven, and you were seated at the right hand of God the Father. And from that place, you make intercession for all the saints. From that place, you will judge the living and the dead. You are the almighty, all-powerful, all-present God. And Jesus, I believe in you. Father, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I believe that you're at work within me, that you're at work within the body. I believe that you're conforming us to the image of Christ. Holy Spirit, you are here on earth with us, with the church, doing what you were called to do. You are here to glorify the Son, even as the Son glorified the Father. I believe in the universal church, one church, one body, serving under one head, the Lord Jesus Christ, fitly joined together by you, Holy Spirit. I believe that my sin, have been forgiven. I believe in the resurrection of my body and I believe in eternal life. Jesus, you are who you say you are. Amen. You do what you say you will do. You keep your promises. Your word is truth. Your word is yes and amen. You have plans for me and those plans are good. They're not evil and you keep those plans. You keep me moving forward into this thing. Jesus, you're my savior, my lord, my bridegroom, God, my eternal king. There is no one like you. Holy Spirit, I know that you're within me bringing me through the process of sanctification, changing who I am, making me who you want me to be. You have empowered me to be that witness for Jesus. You have used you are in me to glorify him. You are in me so that I can do what you call me to do. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With you, nothing is impossible. Amen. Anyway, I want you to know I do that every day. Every day I do that, and I do it out loud. I want to hear that every day. I don't want to start a day that I don't recognize that God is God. And I want to encourage you. I'm Not necessarily what I do, but I want to encourage you to do what you're supposed to do with that. I have another part of that confession. I'm not going to go into that. It, has, it does with my family, But I speak over my children and my grandchildren every day. I release the blessings of the Lord. I want to talk to you about unstoppable faith today. I want to use the same message that Herman used uh, last week when he said, keep it super simple. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep it super simple. How many know faith is super simple? We make it very, very complicated. And we put all these rules involved in faith and all this other stuff. And yet faith is one of those things that he said, God said, I've given you the gift of faith. And to increase in faith is not one of those impossible tasks. How many of you want to increase in your faith? How many of you are actively pursuing an increase in faith? That's that's part of it is wanting it. When I was growing up, I was was first uh, being taught by an older lady. She's not so old anymore. But at that point in time, I thought she was old as dirt. She was 80 years old. And uh, she was teaching us about the Exodus and how it compared to salvation and how I, we had been in bondage to sin and how Jesus had let us out. And she was going all through that. Well, later on, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. And I went to her and I said, "Miss Debnish, why don't you speak in tongues? She said, well, I'm open to it. and If God wants them, he'll give them to me. But, you know, that goes against what the scriptures teach. They say you have not because you ask not. He tells us to seek those things. You want to prophesy? Seek prophecy. God is not opposed to you seeking what he is giving. Amen? He is not opposed to you going after what he's got. And so faith, we need to go after it. We keep sitting there and hoping somebody can pour enough oil on our head and rub it into us somehow. You know, can I rub a little faith into you just a little bit? That's not how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When you present yourself before the word of God, you see, that's why I do that thing that I shared with you just now. I want to hear the word of God because all I told you to start off with is what God's word said. God said he is El El Shaddai. He is the almighty. He is the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God. He is everywhere all the time. He knows everything that's going on. There is nothing on the earth that he does not know what's taking place. And if he wants to stop it, he can. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. You understand? God does what he wants to do. Now, people have a hard time accepting that, but if you believe in a sovereign, almighty God, almighty means there is nothing greater than our God. There's not a demon in hell. We talk about the war that goes on. Let me tell you the war that goes on. It goes on inside of us. He has been defeated. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Everyone will know that God is God. When He leaves leaves us in the new world, in the new, new Jerusalem and in the new earth, I promise you there will be no unbelievers that will be left all unbelievers will be taken off the planet they will be destroyed and for the majority of them not for majority of them, all the unbelievers will be tormented in hell for all eternity now you can like that God or you don't like that God but that's the God we serve and so when 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 Gary talks about leading somebody to the Lord. He not only led him to the Lord, but he led him to the place of freedom. He led him out of captivity. He broke the bondage of sin. And whether the young man walks in it or not, it's up to him. I can give you all the presents that I've got, and if you don't take advantage of what I've given you, it doesn't make any difference. But if he will take advantage of that, then he will have a life with the Lord Jesus Christ that will be outstanding. I was telling somebody about a, a man that, that uh, died, on, and on his deathbed he accepted Christ, and they made the statement, said, man, he got to live life like he wanted to all the way up until he died. Can I tell you that is foul, evil thinking. That's evil. That man did not get to spend a lifetime on earth with God. And if your life on earth is not better than a life in sin, then you're living with the wrong one, you're living in the wrong kingdom, and you're serving the wrong God. Sin is not better than God. There is nothing about it that is better than God. And so what we want to do is we want to be a people that have a faith in a God that really is God. He's not some superstition. He's not some, some uh, myth that we are worshiping. He really is God. And if you're God, in almighty, all-powerful, omniscient, then you need to change God. My God is. Amen? Amen. Jesus covered my sins. It's pretty simple. He washed them away. We sit there and we say, well, God can't forgive me. Can I tell you that's blasphemy? That is blasphemy. Well, I'm walking in my shame. Now you're blaspheming the Son. I'm telling you the truth. When you say that God's Son's blood is not good enough to wash you, cleanse you, and erase those things, then you are blaspheming the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen. Amen. We serve a God that is God. Now, when we get some of those things straight in our life and understand those things, then we get into mountain-moving faith. You see, unstoppable faith is a very simple faith. Unstoppable faith is persistent faith. Unstoppable faith is that I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. I refuse to surrender to the enemy. I, am, I kneel before one and one alone, and that'd be, that would be Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise where you are. Just give God praise. Keep it simple. Don't get so complex with it. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said to them, because of your little faith for truly. Now, wait just a minute. I tell somebody they got little faith and they get all their feelers all hurt and been out of shape. And you said, I don't have a little faith. Come on. We're talking about the disciples. We're talking about men that left what they were doing. We're talking about men that said, I'm packing it all in. I'm following after Jesus. I'm leaving the way that I know, and I'm following after you. And he said, "Oh, ye of little faith. And I don't see one of them looking at Jesus and saying, You hurt my feelings. They weren't interested in their feelings. They wanted to know how to move in the power that Jesus was moving in. And if it was because of lack of faith, so be it. Let it be a lack of faith. That's not the death sentence. All that says is I need to be teachable so that I can learn how to move more in the power and in the love of Jesus Christ. And so he says all you got to do is you got to have faith. You just have to believe that I am who I said I am, because if you're a little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, how many of us have worn those little mustard seeds around our neck before? And we've seen how tiny those things are. And he said, if you've got that much faith, if you've got that much faith, faith has no doubt. Faith has no doubt. He said, if you have faith in the grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is not a liar. Jesus is not a liar. Amen. Jesus said right here, nothing will be impossible for you. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you believe that? How many of us live like that? That's a whole other question. Let me go and read one more. Luke 18, 26. Those who heard it said, then, to them, then who can be saved? He's talking about the rich people, that the rich people are, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. He said, then who can be saved? But Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Let me say that again. What is impossible to man is possible with God. When we're, when we're walking in that, word, that attitude of impossibility, we are negating what God can do. Now, it may be impossible for us to fix it. It may be impossible for us to do anything about it. There are lots of things in my life that I can't fix anymore. I used to think I could. I got wise as I got older, and I realized there were just some things that I couldn't fix. And what I had to learn how to do was put them in God's hand and trust that God would take care of them. And when you put them in God's hand and let him take care of them, that solves the problem. The responsibility is no longer on you to fix it. It never was on you anyway. You didn't have the power. And so now you've got to have the faith that God is able and that God will do what he says he did. You know when I say that, I say, God, you are God if you keep your promises. I believe that. I believe that over my children. I believe that over my children's children. And I believe that over their children to come. I believe the blessings will flow to a thousand generations. I watch what my daddy did. And that he blessed me. And he blessed my brother. And my my children are blessed. And my brother's children are blessed. And we will see that blessings flow and flow and flow. Sometimes I talk a lot about David and what's happened with David and him going to California and him running from God. Now, I want to tell you something. He was out of my house. He was not, he had been kicked out of Ken and Sarah's house. He was living on the streets in Atlanta, Georgia. He ran away. He ran to California. He ran to California. Then he went to Oregon and then he came back to California. On his way, God fed him. God clothed him. God took care of his shoes. And David will tell you God provided him cigarettes. Now, I don't believe that part, but that's all right. He supernaturally protected and fed and clothed my son for two years while he wasn't even in his right mind. Come on, God. Yeah, give God praise. Come on. That's enough to give a daddy a heart attack if he has to carry that load by himself. The day I had to tell him to leave my house, I'd have just as soon taken a gun and blown my brains out. I'm just telling you the truth. I prayed, God, please let me die. Please let me die. Why? Because I couldn't fix it. But I've got a God who can i got a God that can change the things that I can't change, and He has made promises, and He will keep His promises. And whether I'm living or whether I'm going on to be with Jesus, I know that the reward of my answer prayer will be the answers over my children and my grandchildren. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. God is good. They are blessed. My children and my grandchildren are blessed. They can't help but be blessed. Why is that? Because I speak it over them every day, every day. I'm just encouraging you. That's faith. In Mark 9, 22, and it has often cast him into the fire, talking about a demon, and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, uh-oh, he slipped it, didn't he? He asked Jesus, said, if you can, I want to tell you something. If I'm glad I wasn't Jesus. That would have made me mad. You come to me looking for help, and then you want to know if I can do it? How many times do we pray like that? Yeah. Jesus, if you can handle this situation. If he can handle this situation. And Jesus turns around and says, well, if you can believe. Woo! Turn to your neighbor and say, if you can believe. Say it again. If you can believe. Mm, if you can, I can. I can. All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. It's okay. You know what he did? He humbled himself. He said, Lord, I I don't have enough faith in me. And so he fell and he said, help me. He prayed. And Jesus immediately responded to his weakness. But he admitted his weakness. He didn't try to stand in that place. Come on, simple, simple faith is what's required. Are you with me this morning? I want to go on. I want, I want you to sing a couple of songs with me if you know, if you know them. Okay. Just sing these few simple songs. These are faith builders. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me to me he is so wonderful to me he is so wonderful to me he is so wonderful because he first loved me Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me for the bible tells me so Come on, give God praise, would you? Give God praise. I read a survey that said Jesus Loved Me is sung by more adults worldwide than any other song. I don't know about you, but what that does to me, it carries me back to my childhood. I wasn't even in church, but we knew those songs. We were taught those songs. And and the profoundness that comes through that is the very foundation of faith itself. And so we got to get out of our head and into our inner child. It's that inner child that has that ability to believe. It is that inner child that has that ability to trust. It's that inner child that can lean into Jesus and never have to lean into anybody else in the entire world. Have you ever noticed how resilient children are? How they trust their parents? I don't care how good or how bad the parents are. Sometimes I look at things and I look at how evil their parents are, and yet those little children, they trust them and they love them. They love them, they love them, they love them. They can be, they can be horrible people, but they don't know because they're born into that. Well, if a little child can love some, to a parent that's not such a great parent, why can't we love a God that is a great God? Why can't we trust Him like little children trust us? You see, to, to, to the little children, we are God. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all worried about where you were going to sleep when you were a kid? Why not? How many of you worried about if you were going to eat when you were a kid? Hmm, wonder why. You mean that wasn't your consuming thought? How many of you worried about how much money you had in your bank account when you were three years old? How many of you knew you had a bank account? How many of you worried about Social Security and retirement when you were four? Am I making sense to you? Am I making, I just want you to grab hold of what I'm telling you. I want to tell you something about children that's a little bit different. In Mark 10, 13, it says, the disciples were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked him. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me, come unto me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever, listen to this, listen to this closely, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands upon them. He said the only way to enter into the kingdom. Now let me tell you what the kingdom is. That's where the power of God flows. The authority of God is not found outside the kingdom it's found within the kingdom it's when we get out of the kingdom that things start having problems it's when we're walking in the kingdom and you see it's because the kingdom is within us that means everywhere we go as long as we're kingdom minded and understand that then we carry the authority of God around inside of us but he says the only way you're going to ever understand that is to have that childlike faith that said God really does live within me God really does empower me God really does want to do signs and wonders through me God really is using me to help in his kingdom come on give God glory give God glory let me tell you the thing that makes children so interesting is that they, they do these things just just because of who they are they ask honest questions I mean you know God doesn't get upset if you ask an honest question God said ask ask seek God he said you'll find you don't understand something, ask God about it. But understand this, when a child asks, it's because they want to be taught, not because they're trying to criticize or condemn. If you don't have a teachable spirit, you can't walk in faith. I'm just telling you, that's what a child does. They're not trying to catch you in something. They're not trying to figure you out. They want to know something because they want to learn something. And as they learn those things, this, they will walk in the things that you have taught them. Amen. So, so don't be afraid to ask God questions as long as you've got a learning learning a desire, not this attitude of God, you owe me an explanation. Why did you do that? That's accusing God. We're not accusing God of anything. We don't understand. How many of you understand everything that's going on. How many of you understand 2020? If you do, please sit down and talk to me about it because I have no idea what's happening in 2020. God said it'd be a year of vision, so I've got to stand back and look and see what all 2020 has been about. But every time you think you got 2020 kind of figured out, something else happens, and nobody has understood it. It's been one of the uh, one of the most unusual. Probably isn't a good enough word. But I want you to note 2020. God didn't step off the throne. In 2020, he didn't give up his authority. In 2020, he didn't retract his salvation. In 2020, he didn't quit doing signs, wonders, and miracles. In 2020, he didn't stop turning water into wine. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Are you going to look to what's happening in 2020, or are you going to look to the kingdom of God, look to heaven, and say, God, you are my God. 2020 can do what you want to do with it. I serve God. And 2020 in God's kingdom is less than two days it's less than 2 days. We've been worshiping and praising him for 2 days. I'll explain that later, but I want to go on. The other thing that little children do is they're not afraid to they are not afraid to uh, to ask questions. And they're not afraid to do the things that that we are afraid to do. They each one of them has as I said the single motive of teach me, childlike faith, ask with vulnerability. Now let me tell you the greatest obstacle to being vulnerable you ready for this? Pride. We're too proud. You know why men don't want to confess their sins to people and, and, and get a healing from the Lord? Too proud. Don't want to show any weakness whatsoever. In, in children's terms, that's kaka. <laughs> Children are vulnerable. They're extremely vulnerable. Listen, you have the power of life and death over your children. And I'm not talking about natural life and natural death, although you do. But I'm talking about what comes out of your mouth. You can either build them up or you can tear them down. Well, the same thing happens in the church, and the same thing happens when you submit yourself to religious leaders that don't want to build you up, that just want to tear you down, that don't want to encourage you, that won't become vulnerable with you, that won't tell you they've made mistakes, they've had problems, they've failed. Come on, and if you expect a pastor to be absolutely perfect, come on, put on a new pair of shoes, because the other one has gotten it soiled. And so we want to walk in the places that we've been called to walk in. We want to, we want to do the things that God has called us to do, and we want to walk in childlike faith. Child Children are vulnerable. They expect their parents to know everything. But, you know, we serve a God who does know everything. I can remember when I was, when I was growing up, my mama was... was uh, had a good friend named, we called her Aunt Jody. She wasn't really our aunt, but she was such a close personal friend. We called her Aunt. And Aunt Jody wasn't married. And I asked Mama one day, I was about eight years old, I said, Mama, why doesn't Aunt Jody get pregnant? Why doesn't God give her a baby? And you know what my Mama said? Because God knows who needs to be pregnant and who doesn't need to be pregnant. And that was the final answer. Today, we got to go in, pull out the books, pull out the diagrams, and explain to them everything that they're not even ready to understand yet. And we don't use any wisdom in what's going on. And besides that, you really don't know where a baby comes from anyway, except from God. He said he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That means you... He, he knew about you, he knew who you were going to be, he knew what you were going to do, and he knew what his plans were for you. God knows everything, and so we have to come to this point where we understand that he knows everything. Faith comes like a child when you say, God, I don't know what's going on, but you do. God, I don't understand why things are so hard, but you do. And if you do it, I'm going to stay. And I'm going to walk in a faith that refuses to be stopped. I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. I'm not going to let this hinder my worship. I'm not going to let this hinder my praise. I'm not going to let this hinder who I am. I am your child. I am who you said I am. I have been declared a king's kid. I am royalty. How about you? How about you? I'm going to walk in that childlike faith that understands that I am who he says I am. Your child is who you say they are. Doesn't matter what the rest of the world says. It's up to you. Childlike faith trusts and finds security with parents. Even if children are frustrated or confused by parents, so long as the parent shows love, the children will trust them deeply and take pleasure in their presence. Kids are home with their parents. How much more should we take pleasure in God's presence, even when we cannot understand the reasons and ask, and the future seems terribly uncertain? I told you straight up, I don't know what's happening in 2020. Neither do you. God's been telling us that all along. He's been telling us that all along. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. How many of you are going to be here tomorrow? You don't know. You hope you are. You expect to be. And you're going to live your life like you're going to be here tomorrow. But there's no guarantee. There's absolutely no guarantee. And so childlike faith says, now I lay me down to sleep. I'm going to put my, my, my life in your hands, whatever you want. Lord, if I'm supposed to be here, that's great. If not, I'm going to be with you. That ain't so bad. Amen? I, I couldn't always say that. I couldn't always say that. i chased this life so hard, and I, and I was afraid of death. Anybody in here ever been afraid of death? You don't have to raise your hand. Well, you can. Okay? Amen. We've been afraid of death. We've been afraid of dying. I have. I know that. No longer. Death is a door that leads me straight to the place where my Savior is. You see, when faith begins to arise and you get childlike, childlike says, things, says I'm not gonna, I don't have to dig real far deep. I don't have to have been there to know it's there. I don't have to do anything except know that my God is real and that my God loves me, that He has a plan for me, that He has a place for me, and I'm going to believe in what He says and not what everybody else says. And so the only way I can believe what He says is i got to hear what He's saying. And so if you're not listening, then you're living according to your own word and in your own world, according to what you're hearing. And most of the time, the t- TV's is doing more preaching to you than the book is. You know, you, we're doing what thus saith Oprah, not what thus saith the Lord God. We're listening to the talking heads and we're listening more to the talking heads than we are listening to the talking Jesus. And Jesus wants to speak to us and he wants to increase our faith and he wants us to know that he cares about us, that he loves us, that he is present with us, that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. You can't walk through anything that Jesus didn't walk hand in hand with you right through it. And you may be struggling, you may be pitching a fit, but Jesus is going to stay right there. You can't run him off. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't run Jesus off. He's in love with you. He's going to protect you. He's going to shepherd you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to shut the mouths of lions before you. He will do what He said He would do. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, it doesn't matter, throw us into the fire, because we're not going to bow before anybody but you, Jesus. Come on, give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. When you settle in your heart that God really is God, faith begins to grow faith begins to grow. We've tried to have faith without having God. We've tried to allow, make, get the Holy Spirit to perform rather than to nurture. We've tried to enter into this circus act rather than come into this place of shepherding and loving. Faith is important to God. As a matter of fact, he said without it, it's impossible to please him. In Galatians, I wrote down all the verses. I'm not going to read them all to you. There are over 28 verses. Just in Galatians on faith. Just about faith. We need to be a people of faith. We need to be a people of the book. You know, they weren't called Christians to start off with. They were talked about, they were called, they walked in the way. How about we start walking in the way? We start walking in the way. We become people of the
0: book. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you.
1: May the Lord bless and keep you that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting yourself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are.
0: In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.